Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. I got an interesting call last night from an old friend. Called me and uh, was laying on our couch reading a, a very in-depth book called 50 Years on the Old Frontier and uh, about cattle drives in the early days, the very first cattle drive from Texas. And it's a very interesting book, it's written in the 1800s. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just doing these things I enjoy. My dog is there, my wife is in uh, the other room, I can see her working away, doing what she was doing and, and reading this book and just enjoying life. And I get this call and I take it. And this brother says, well, I just called to tell you that uh, Mark Campbell has died. And I went, wow, I didn't even know I died. <laughs> this must be heaven. I've got my dog here. I'm on the couch. I'm reading a good book. My wife's right here. Yeah, you know, uh, okay, <laughs> I'm good. And then he, he laughed and said, oh, oh, that's who I called. I wanted to tell you that brother so-and-so passed away. <laughs> but I got a great kick out of that. I was like, well... This could be heaven. I'm with the, the people I love. Um, today's message is about our Operation Christmas Child, and I've titled it God's Love in a Box. Now, these two young ladies are actually ones that receive boxes. Is that right? That we sent out last year. And we got pictures of them. So they, these are two where your boxes went to. And uh, that's kind of exciting to me. And this made me think along the lines of, what does it mean to send a box to someone? Um, and then you hear testimonies of these people that have received them. Matt was sharing testimony about individuals that received these boxes and how much it meant to them, how much it affected them. Uh, things that we here just take for granted. I mean, seriously. Um, you know, you look and they're going to get some of these sliders, these little flip-flop shoes. And, you know... I'm like, well, I've probably got a half a dozen of those in a drawer somewhere, you know? And just things that we take for granted can be such a powerful, impactful effect on an individual's life. And for them to also know, in one sense, they don't know where it came from, other than this Operation Christmas Child program. And I'm gonna read a little story about that, but I wanna lay a foundation before I do. God's love in a box. And I wanna read out of John chapter 13. I was gonna read out of the Passion Translation, but I don't think we have that on overhead. So I told Larissa the NIV, and that's in my truck at home. So I'm actually reading out of the New American Standard Bible. 
in John chapter 13, beginning with verse 30. Um, well, is that where I'm going to start? Let's see. No, it is not. Jesus in verse 34 says, I, I give you this, I give you a new commandment. Now, don't forget, he's speaking to people who understand the Ten Commandments. They, they understand when he says commandment, it brings up a completely full image to their life, to their thinking, to their understanding. He says, now I'm giving you a new commandment. That you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Now, that is a wonderful commandment. How are people to know who we are? Well, you know, I can quote 18 scriptures at somebody. I can uh, share the gospel with them from 14 different perspectives. The favorite being the hot dog doctrine. Are you familiar with that? Turn or burn? <laughs> but here's what Jesus says. I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another. And by your love for one another, people will know who you are. You are my disciples. You're mine. I was having a conversation with a friend earlier this week. We were talking about the first century church. How did the first century church, uh, the gospel, how did the gospel in the first century get spread and have such an impact on the known world and yet, most of those people were probably illiterate, couldn't read or write. A majority of them could not read or write. Uh, and those that could, the only manuscripts they had were in Hebrew, probably didn't read uh, Hebrew or speak it. The Gospels weren't written until 100 years, anywhere between 80 and 100 years, some of these, after Christ, and yet the gospel still went forth with tremendous uh, speed and tremendous uh, power to affect the known world. How did that happen? We, you know, my natural mind today says, well, if you don't have a Bible, how do you do it? Yet they didn't have a Bible. They didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have what we have today, and yet the gospel was not hindered at all. Amen. <clears throat> so how did that take place? Well, I think part of it was this commandment, that you love one another, and by this demonstration of love that you have for one another, they will know who you are. And then by word of mouth and by word of testimony, well, who, who, who is this? Who is this God that gives you this love? 
Well, it's Jesus. See, I believe the first hundred years and throughout the history of the church, the real impact is when you have experiential, when you experience Jesus in relationship more than just knowing his word. We have the benefit of having the word right here and learning it and absorbing it and meditating upon it and knowing it. But without experiencing a personal relationship and this love, uh, Corinthians tells us without love, it's, it's as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. So let's look at Luke chapter 24. Luke is also the writer of the book of Acts. And if you would like to, read the Gospel of Luke, and when finishing that, skip right over and go to the book of Acts and begin to read. It's almost like it's just a, a total continuation of the same author or the same writer uh, of, of the book. So we're going to finish with Luke chapter 24. And then we're going to go over to the book of Acts. In verse 50, Jesus has died, resurrected, and here he's spending time visiting. Yeah. And then in verse 50, then he led them out as far as Bethany, lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. So now we see a picture of we have this great love given to us. We'll read about that in a second. And we can share that love and demonstrate that love and be so affected by that love that we're worshiping daily in the temple. Now, does that mean we gather here in this building? Well, that would be great fun. But no, we are the temple. You, your body, is the temple where God resides and dwells. And you have the ability at any given moment to receive this blessing. It says that he was blessing them and speaking words over them, and speaking life to them, and great encouragement to them. And that's something every one of us can do to someone else in blessing them, speaking words of encouragement to them, telling them of God's great love for them. And then we can turn at any given moment, at any point in time in your day, of any trouble in your life, of any difficulty you're facing, with bills mounting up, how am I going to pay this? And we can turn to the temple, gather in our temple, and begin to worship him. Because the blessing of the Lord gives the man ability to get wealth. It's a scripture. That's Old Testament. They, they knew that one. The blessing 
of the Lord. He lifted up his hands, he blessed them. And when you're lifting up your hearts to him and receiving his blessing, the blessing of the Lord gives you the ability to prosper in all aspects of life. Amen. <clears throat> and they were continually in the temple blessing God. Now let's go over to the book of Acts chapter 1. And I'm going to read beginning with the first verse. In the first book, Theophilus, now what does it say up here? In my first book, I told you, Theophilus. I love the Passion Translation in this, but I don't have it in front of me. Anybody have the uh, Passion Translation with them this morning? We're passionless? All right. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven. See, he could do this because he was there with a first-hand account. But there was a generation that could come after him that could do the same. That's the mystery of the gospel. Because Jesus continues to do things in your life. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then the Holy Spirit enables us to be able to give a testimony of the power of God in our lives. The Holy Spirit in us enables us to display love towards one another. Romans 5, chapter 5 says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit. If you have love, it's because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. If you have love in your heart, it's because the Holy Spirit resides in you. Now let's turn over to 1 John. <clears throat> How we doing out there? How many, people, how many people here have, have love in their heart? Amen. <laughs> There's not a person in here, I believe, that doesn't have love. I watched these kids up here dancing this morning. They were so full of joy and yeah. excitement. And some of them had their little uh, Santa and, and Christmas outfits on, and I just was getting such a kick out of that. And I, I just became overjoyed, you know, with uh, you know, I, I now know it's in most of us, adults too, we want to dance like that. Yeah. But you know, I prefer to look at the little kids dancing. 
than me. <laughs> okay, 1 John chapter 4. But that is a demonstration. Those kids up here just dancing and waving the flags, that's a demonstration of God's joy and love in their hearts. Chapter 4, where are we? Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one, here's a key, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. What that's telling me is that our demonstration of the love of God that's in us, when we display it towards another human being, they are, in essence, able to see God. And with that, we're going to put... God, uh, God's love in a box and send it out into all the world who knows where and see that love we just, we're going to pray over them uh, and see that uh, love you can't be there with them but you can know that it's going to happen so I'm going to read you a story uh, that was in People magazine, which I do not get a prescription to. Subscription. <laughs> but I want to read this. It's about one of these boxes. Fourteen years later, a Christmas gift leads to lasting love for a couple across the miles. How many are familiar with this story? Anybody see it? Okay. When Tyrell Wolf was seven years old, you listen to this, young man? Sent a girl a shoebox gift that would change their lives forever. For Tyrell Wolf and Joanna Marchand, I don't know how to say her last name, but that's how I'm going to do it. An act of charity led to lasting love. It all started in 2000 when Wolf, then seven years old, in Midville, Idaho, helped his parents pack Christmas shoebox gifts for children in the Philippines. The project, run by Operation Christmas Child through Samaritan's Purse, involved filling the shoeboxes with school supplies, toiletries, and small toys. As a part of the project, each shoebox packer had to include a photo with their gift. Wolf slipped in a photo of himself in a cowboy gear against a rustic mountain background. He gave the shoebox to his aunt, who dropped it off at church. For almost a decade, he never gave it a second thought. Then one day in 2009, 
Wolf, now 21, got a Facebook friend request from a Joanna Marchan. Marchan. Joanna. We're just going to go with Joanna. Not knowing who she was, he ignored the request. Two years passed. She then sent another request in 2011. This time he was curious. Wolf messaged her, asking her how she knew him. And when she replied, she told him about the shoebox gift that had meant so much to her. Wolf asked his mother, Denise, who reminded him he had taken part in this activity as a boy. Joanna, it turned out, had sent a thank you note after receiving the shoebox, but it got lost in the mail. I was curious as to what he was like now, Joanna tells People magazine. Was he going to college like me? They started communicating over Facebook and they found they shared a lot of common interests, such as listening to Christian music and their faith in Christ. After a year of corresponding online, they decided to meet in person. By May 2013, after graduating, Wolf had saved up enough money working for his dad as a trail and bridge builder for state parks. He flew to uh, the Philippines, to Manila, for 10 days. I knew I was taking a big risk, Wolf tells people. I had never traveled alone, let alone to a foreign country before I was meeting people. I didn't know uh, before, and I was meeting people I didn't know and even knew uh, really existed. I thought it was a dream. Wolf spent the entire flight feeling nervous, anxious, and excited all at the same time. When I finally got there and saw her, I had to punch myself a couple of times because I thought it was a dream. I was immediately attracted to her. She felt the same way. Joanna's family opened his eyes as to how people live. Her house is 10 by 19 feet with very little furniture, and all eight family members sleep on the floor of one room. Here in America, a lot of people are blessed with a lot of things, and after seeing Joanna's home, I've gained a different outlook on how people live. A long-distance romance. Following her family's tradition, the two weren't allowed to become a couple officially until Wolf got permission from Joanna's father. When the visit reached its end, they were both heartbroken to say farewell. Anyway, I'm going to make the story short and say they went on. uh, Joanna's father gave the blessing for them to marry. They married. They now live in Idaho, uh, and they have three children. And... uh, all because of God's love in a box. Yeah. So, let's pray. I would like Tristan and, and Larissa, who, and whoever else, they've put a lot, a lot of time and energy. In fact, Kristen, Tristan was down here so much that I had to look in that back room to see if her and Mike had moved in. But I would like you to to pray. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.